thinking as we were singing the song that, you know, that uh, he's always been there and people look to him when they're in a storm. But oftentimes you have to be remind yourself as you read the scriptures, how many of God's people forgot to look to him in the time of storm? Uh, we take it for granted that we have that privilege. They had that privilege and that did not always use that privilege to their advantage. And sad to say, sometimes we do not either. It's interesting. It's challenging. And it's downright frightening of how God works. We know that he has absolute power. He's absolutely in control. He knows everything about us. And then he, he has left it up to us to choose where we want to be eternally. You ever thought about that? I mean, he's left it to you. We read in Matthew, the 7th chapter, what we call the Sermon on the Mount. We start in verse 12 and read. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Whatever you want, here's what you do. You need to enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. It's a choice. The gate is there. You choose which gate you're going through. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Again, that's a choice. You make your choice. So we're going to look at you at the crossroads. And you're not at the crossroads at one time in your life. You're at the crossroads every single day. You're at the crossroads every single hour that you live. You're making decisions. Who's you going to, whose voice are you going to hear? And whose voice are you going to obey? It's not at just major events in our life. That the minor events in our lives as well, because those minor ones indeed can become major along the way. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Sad thing is, sometimes we don't realize that until they've already got us in their grasp, that that's not the way we need it to be going. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, in the bad, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, neither can a bad tree bear good fruit. Notice 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits... You shall know them. And we could read on, but I just want us to catch a glimpse again of the choices that God gives to us. We make choices every single day. 
And oftentimes as we make those choices, we think they're not major. They're not life-threatening. We make choices and there's no way for you not to make a choice. When you decide not to do something, what? You made the choice. You're going to make, make choices. There's no escaping that. And the choices you make will determine where eternity will be. Why we need to be very careful in a life that we, we live. We need to be very careful in decisions that we make. We make choices. You made choices this evening to come or not to come for those who chose not to. We make choices everything along the way from the time you wake up while you sleep, whatever else. You're making decisions. What are you making those decisions or what are those decisions being based upon? Well, the major ones, I'll, let, I'll go to God to make those. But do you not know that the little ones also determine how your life is going to go? You just look back through life, and again, we do not have that privilege as Jimmy Stewart had, and it's a wonderful life. You do not have that privilege of looking at what your life would have been like or what the world would have been like if you had not lived. You make choices, and they bear fruit all the way through your life. And as we get older, we look back and say, you know, I made some dumb ones. And I made some really dumb ones at times. But life doesn't end there. And that's one of the beauties that we have is that our life is not over until it's over. And until it's over, we always have that opportunity of making changes in our lives and realigning ourselves to where it needs to be. But in what he calls the, the, broad, the broad way and the narrow way, the, the wide gate and the narrow gate, eternal life and eternal destruction, we need to look at, we need to look at what is involved. And again, he lets us choose. You have to look at the entrance. You're at, a, you're at a crossroad. And again, it's not one time in your life. You find out daily. You're at a crossroad. You make decisions. You're at a crossroad when the light is turning yellow. You just watch drivers. When the light is turning yellow, you make a decision. You're at a crossroad. Are you going to go through it? Or are you going to stop? Because I'm, I'm in a hurry, and I really do not have time to stop. And what do you find out? They run through that light. It may, change, it may change red before they get into it. It may not. Because they're always counting on that two or three seconds before it turns green on the other side. And they run that light. And then if you're, particularly if you're in town, I call the lights the equalizers. You get to the next traffic light, and there they sit. Just waiting for you to catch up with them. For what? Why would we choose to make some of those decisions? And those choices, they have a bearing on our life as time unfolds. You can watch people that get into a habit. Well, that's just the way I've always done it. That's just what I do. I just know I've got time to do that. And how many cars and how many individuals have been T-boned as a result of that? We make choices. Be careful how we mean. The choice is uh, based on a decision. And again, God gives you that decision. You're at a crossroad to the left 
Now that we put that's the world to the left, to the right. You're supposed to turn right and go straight. That way you'd be going to heaven. Uh, to the left is the world. It's a broad way, a broad gate. And to the right is a narrow gate. And you're choosing which gate you want to go through. The broad gate, or that wide gate, is easy. You go through that broad gate, listen, there are no restrictions placed upon you. You can take everything you want with you there. You can take every hostility that you have, every bias that you have, every animosity that you have, every hatred that you have, every whatever it is in your life, every desire to believe what is false and hope that it's true. You can take it all with you if you turn to the left and go through that broad gate. No restrictions. You're free to go the way that you want to go. But notice again that that is a choice that you make along the way. But there is a narrow gate to the right. And the narrow gate, by its definition, is very restricted. And you cannot take everything with you. You cannot take all of your emotions. cannot take all of your hatred. You cannot take all of your personal desires with you. You have to leave them behind to go through that narrow gate. You're to be like Jesus. You have to leave your personal life behind. Unless we become that new creation, cannot be his. And we know that in life that we have. Then in, well, when we moved into the house there on Kingswood, uh, when I had all the help helping me move in, there was a little bit of difficulty in, re- in moving a refrigerator into the house. The doors were not wide enough. And so adjustments had to be made. You had to pare everything down to get something through that narrow doorway. That's spiritual life as well. You've got to pare things down. You've got to re-examine what's important to you. Because again, there is everything out there that will entice you to do it a different way. You go through that broad gate, it doesn't matter. And I'm making the decision here that a week ago, how many places in the Lord's church plan to have a big video screen in their building so that they could watch the Super Bowl after services? What was important to them? What's important to us? We make a choice. Our coming, is it a matter of habit? See, that's a choice that we make. It's just a habit. That's what I've always done. This is what I'm always going to do. I'm not going to vary from it. But have I really, have I really given God my heart? Have I loved the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my being? Have I really? Have I really desired to seek Him first within my life? Have I really desired to leave the things of the world behind? It does not matter how pleasant they are. It doesn't matter how enticing they are. 
That's the whole thing involved in it. Starts with Adam and Eve. Starts with Cain and Abel. It goes on down the line from the beginning to the, to the end of time. Making these choices of which way we want to go. Of listening to what, to what voice. Well, God has said, but God has not said this. And we make those choices. Am I doing what God said in light of what you know, David was talking about this morning as well? And then as a side note, since I just saw it and I forgot about it, as a side note, as David mentioned that they're looking for funds to begin some new work in Connecticut, he has left some brochures in the back in the foyer about the work that he talked about this morning. And if you want to pick one up, you can and look at it and see a little bit more about what's involved, what he's talking about, what they're striving to do. But again, those are choices that we make. What are we going to do? How are we going to spend what we have and understand, well, if I do this, I will not be able to do that. Well, the thing I choose to do, where does it fit? And this God who is above all. And and the things that I want to do, where do they fit? In the eyes of God through whom I will answer one day. It's an utter impossibility to do everything that you would like to do. We have a strong list of I would like to do. But where do they fit? And what door, what gate have I gone through as I make those decisions along the way? There's a wide path as you go through the wide gate. And there's a wide path. Again, there are no restrictions there. And again, as I said to begin with, you think about it. God allows you as an individual to make that choice. He'll give you what you need. But we know from Genesis 1 and 2 and 3 and then to 4, we know from that all the way down through, God will give you the opportunity to make your choice what gate you're going to go through. He's given us his word. But we live in a world and have always since Satan talked to Eve. Well, God really does not mean that. It's okay if you do not follow exactly what God has said. And again, I believe David did a good job. He said, it's not saying the Bible forbids you from doing this. It's what has God said for us to do. If we do what is right. I remember talking or studying with an individual who was of a different religious persuasion and was in a musical group and was making the comment that when they go visiting to different congregations of their persuasion to do a concert or whatever it is, that they have to ask each congregation that they go to, what do you allow here? Do you allow the drums? Do you allow the electric guitar? What is it that you allow here? <coughs> Excuse me. So we won't use that which you do not allow. And I looked at her and we, as she talked, and I said, you know, wouldn't it be a lot easier if you simply did what God said to do? Sing and make melody in your hearts to the Lord. that solve all your problems, wouldn't it? Mm, no, because I don't want to do these <laughs> Don't want to give those up. I'm simply saying, the Bible simply says, do this. 
and you shall have life. Does not have to list all the things you should not do. And as I talk to the individual again, Matthew 28, 20 comes into play so many times. If we will simply do what Matthew 28, 20 says, a lot of the problems are solved. You teach them to observe whatever things, all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always until the end of the world. You teach them to do what I've commanded you. Just go back to his word. What did he command? Commanded us to meet. Commanded us to sing. Commanded us to have the fellowship and so forth. You do that. We get into a lot of discussions. And we have several of them here at times that ourselves as well. We're building a new building. And it's amazing what discussion goes on and what is permitted and what is not permitted in a building that God hadn't even talked about. You can't have that in the church building. Because that's not, it's not found in the scriptures. Well, where do we find the building in the scriptures? It's not there. We're discussing and fighting and dividing over things that are not even found within the pages of God's word. And these are brothers and sisters in Christ. What gate are we going through? What pathway are we following? What choices are we making? And as we make those choices, what is involved along the way? Are we going to take that narrow path as we go through that narrow door? We look in Luke 13, verse 24. Strive to enter by the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. The word narrow has a meaning of being difficult to be entered. And it's a reminder, the gate, wide or narrow, the pathway, wide or narrow, access is not denied to people. They keep themselves from going through that narrow gate. It's not being denied to them, but they, by their lives, have chosen not to go through that narrow gate until that narrow pathway. They want to do their own thing along the way. Jesus is to, we're to allow Jesus to change our life, which in turn will cause us to change our behavior. He's changed our life. He's washed away our sins. He's created a new being in us. That changes your behavior. That changes how you act and how you respond and what you do. Because you are this new creation. And as that new creation, you're also reminded of the fact that we're babes in Christ. We're to grow and to mature along the way. And we understand by our growing along the way that we never grow or mature at the same rate as others. And oftentimes we downplay ourselves as to our growth and our spiritual growth. Because we may not see it. But it has taken place if our behavior is being guided and directed by the word of God that has been given to us along the way. A lot of people believe that, well, I started down that narrow pathway and basically that's good enough and I'll end up in the right place. Uh, We live in a world where it said that over half of the people believe 
that good people who have done good things, regardless of whether they've listened or obeyed the gospel or not, as long as they've done a lot of good things, they will be in heaven. So as long as they believe that, what? They're not going to listen. They don't want to listen. I'm okay. How many times you talk to people? I'm fine. I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. I'm okay. I believe I'm doing enough as, as it is, and heaven's going to be mine. God's going to give it to me. But have I done what he said? Well, that's not really important. It is. There's a narrow way that we have to enter. There is only one way to God. I've mentioned at times when we lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I attended a lecture at the University of Michigan, brought to, spoken by a well-known religious leader in uh, the religious world, and he talked for about two and a half hours on, is there one way to heaven or not? Two and a half hours to listen to him talk. At the conclusion of his lesson, his answer was, yes, there is one way to heaven, one way for you, one way for you, and one way for you. You get to pick the way you want to go, and you'll be fine. The only statement that I agreed with him and what he said that whole evening, he said, when you get to heaven, there won't be any, any denominations in heaven. He named them off, a bunch of them off along the way, by just simply saying, well, I agree with that part. But the rest of it, you do it your way, you're fine. That's not the one way. There is one way. There's only one God. There's only one path to God. There is only one truth that leads to God. And that path, that way, that path, that truth is Jesus. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. That's it. No one comes to God except through Jesus. And no one can come through Jesus unless they've obeyed what he has to say. There has to be a desire and there has to be discipline if you choose to go the narrow way. You have, you have to want to go to heaven. And you have to discipline yourself enough so that you may, not by your works, not by your whatever else may be included there, but because you have desire to do God's bidding, do His will, do what He asks you to do. He gave you as He gave you an example of how to live on this earth. Follow that. It's not easy. Life at times is not easy. We often say and realize in our lives, life's not always fair. The psalmist asked that. 171. He said, it's not fair. He said, my feet came close to stumbling. Because I saw the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer. 
My feet came close to stumbling. Life isn't fair. The wicked that seem to get away with everything. And those who want to do right come close to uh, falling away or being persecuted or whatever else. But the psalmist goes on to say, until, until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord and I saw the end of the, the wicked. The end of the wicked is hell. Changed my mind. I'd rather live a righteous life. When you look at the end result, I'd rather live a righteous life. And it's not, and it's not a bad life. I listen to the physical body talk to me. But that's not, that's not where the spiritual life is. The physical body and all those aches and pains and whatever else is there, are, it's going to vanish away anyway. What are the struggles I face and the persecutions I receive from those in the world? That's all going to cease one day. It's the end result that makes the difference. And you determine that as you face that crossroad. Are you going to go the broad way or are you going to go the narrow way? What choice are you going to make? And as you make that choice, how are you making it? Well, it's just because I don't want to go to hell that I, I guess I'll, I'll go towards heaven. That's not a decision. You've already making some choices there that are not right. God loved me with all of his heart. Jesus loved me with all of his life. And their desire is that I would love them equally or in the same proportion back with all of my heart and with all of my life and with an anticipation, with a desire and with a longing, I want to go to heaven. And I do not want anything on this earth. There's not much said about the righteous and the hereafter in the scriptures. But there is some said about those that are in torment The rich man and Lazarus. Not much said about Lazarus. Abraham's bosom, that's it. Abraham does the talking. Lazarus doesn't say anything. But that rich man, one of the things that make hell so horrible is the memory. The rich man says, in essence, he said, I know the life I lived on the earth. Being a child or being a child of the physical heritage of the Jews. He said, I know the life I lived on the earth. And I've got five brethren back there. I've got five brethren. And they're living the same type of life. Please go warn them. Abraham's response. They got what they need. It's right here. They got what they need. They're not listening. They're not wanting to do that. That's for us. We have what we need that takes us from earth to heaven. And because we have what we need and we've made that decision, there ought to be a joy along the way. 
That end of that narrow pathway is eternity with God in heaven. So the question, again, is going to be, you're at the crossroads. All the way through your life, you're at the crossroads. Not a, excuse me, it's not a one-time deal. As you're at those crossroads, and as those options are given to you, weigh them carefully. What choice will we make? As we're older, we're able to look back and see things differently. Back in the dark ages when I graduated from high school, I look back now and says, you know, what difference does it make in my life today whether I let somebody back in high school dictate what I ought to do? I mean, where does that place in my life today? It doesn't have any more place in my life. Well, is not the same thing true today? Why will I let the world dictate to me what, I, what they think I ought to do and let my life be influenced by that when I understand that I am jeopardizing my eternal soul with God? It does not make that much difference. So the world hates you. So the world pulls away from you. I'd rather the world pull away from me than God pull away from me. And that's all the difference in the world. What choices are we making? You're making them now. What are you going to do with the word that's been given to you? And how is it that you're going to live your life along the way? While we pray and while we plead, as you see your soul's deep need, how will you respond to that invitation that God has given to lead us from earth to heaven? If your life is not where it needs to be, if we could assist you, if we could help you, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.